Welcome to another episode of Confiding Confidently, a place where comforting and convicting truths on faith, marriage, and motherhood are discussed. I'm your host, Stephanie Holbrook. Let's jump in. Hey, ladies. I have missed y'all. Um, it was just a it was crazy, hectic week. Uh, last week, we've had weddings and, and field trips, and we've done all the things, and then I had a... Um, women's retreat I actually spoke at this past weekend and so I just get back in and I'm gonna tell y'all that is exhausting now I know why the people the Israelite people told Moses you go up on the mountain and stand in the presence of God because it is quite exhausting (laughs) and it is quite scary um but I did this morning I thought okay I've got to get a message done I got to get an episode uh, out there to y'all and I've got two babies here so just try and ignore the background noise um, but this morning as I sat down to read my Bible and everything um, I actually had originally planned on coming to you all with a message on daily bread and asking God for our daily bread um, and I'll just give it to you real quick because that is actually not where I feel like the Lord is leading me to share with you today so um but I do feel like it is a good message and it is something that we do need to practice uh being Christian women because I know for me I like things I like pretty things and um I like knowing that I have got the money to afford the pretty things and uh if you don't know me and my husband actually run a concrete ready-mix plant together so a lot of our business uh, is based around what the weather is going to look like. And so if it's a sunny day, that's great. But if it's rainy or if it's been raining and the, and the soil is really wet, trucks could likely get stuck or if it's too cold you know so a lot of our business is kind of seasonal and right now we're coming into the fall which is where we kind of slow down a little bit and so of course you kind of get on pins and needles and you get a little nervous and and um I know this morning as I was praying, I was like, God, please, you know, just let a contract come through or something. And it was just, he was just, he pretty much just said, I will give you your daily bread. And I was like, oh, come on, God, don't be like that. You know, come on. What, what do you mean just my daily bread? <laughs> Provide us with a contract so I know we're going to be good, Lord. And he was like, no, ma'am, I'm going to give you your daily bread. Pray for your daily bread. And so just some scripture I had pulled up from that. Um was uh, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Y'all, we've got food and clothing. we got more clothing and more food than we need because we, I mean, come on. One, we're in America. And two, we're not hurting. My kids, they are not hurting for a meal or clothes, okay? Um, But then Paul says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. And say, Who is the Lord? Y'all, when I read that, I felt such conviction. Because when is the time in your life when you are closer to God and you are more fervent in prayer and in Scripture? 
when you're going through a trial or a tribulation, when you don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from, when you don't know if uh, the diagnosis is going to be good. That is when, in those moments, that's when we go to the Lord on our knees and, and we pray and we cry out to him. That's when we're closest to him is when we're in those moments um, where we don't have a peace of mind, right? And so, but also, or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Give us this day our daily bread. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? When I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Did you lack anything? Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but I cannot leave, like, I will not go to my mailbox without a bottle of water and uh, a tube of chapstick. So for these men to go out with nothing at all and then not to lack anything, because they said, so they said, nothing. So let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I was going to get into all of that. But when I woke up this morning, I was tagged in a super sweet post by uh, a brother in Christ. And he was just kind of exhorting women teachers slash preachers which I would not I do not claim myself to be a preacher that that title just kind of doesn't sit well with me I I would not say that I'm a preacher or pastor or anything like that I'm just a teacher or uh, as my friend Miss Kitty says I'm just an encourager okay I'm not trying to lead flocks or anything like that I don't feel like God has laid that on my heart not saying that he doesn't lay it on on other women's hearts I'm not saying that but I'm just saying for me that's I, that's not me. But to say that I, I can't teach anything, any people except for children at all, like that's it. That, mm, I just, I don't feel that. I don't feel like that's correct because I know, and believe me, I have wrestled with the idea of speaking in front of audiences of, of adults, men or women. I Particularly, I feel like my calling is for teenage girls because... God, for some reason, has laid that group on my heart. And women, I don't feel like I'm meant to minister to men. I just, I don't feel like that. Not to say that some women are, but to say that they can't, like they are not to speak at all because of what Paul said in 1 Timothy. I don't know, because leading up to all of that, okay, and and then we have to take in context what is historically, what is historically going on in that moment, okay? We don't know what's going on. I mean, I've heard where people have said, uh, they've read commentary where um, in that moment there were uh, women in the church who were just being real petty and messy and stirring up mess and not, not honestly trying to follow Christ, they were not doing it with the right heart. They were they were purposely trying to mislead people. Um, and my thing is, is if anybody, man or woman, if they hear anything that I've taught on and they say that is not biblically sound, by all means, confront me with it. I want to know because if I've got it wrong, I want to get it right, you know. But just be prepared to come at me with some scripture. Don't just come at me and say, well, that's not how I took it. That's not how I read it. No, you have got to have scripture to back it up. And I don't mean just one place. You better cross-reference, okay? And so for me, I don't feel like I'm in the wrong for doing what I know God has laid on my heart, y'all, because I have struggled with the insecurity of speaking. I have. 
And I've wondered, God, did you really tell me that? Have you really? And I, I'm in the point right now where I want to be so sure. And I pray all the time, God, if I'm wrong, let me know that I'm wrong. Do not let me continue in disobedience to your word, Lord. But I have a peace. I have a peace. And when, when I see men just tearing down women teachers and preachers, I'm thinking, do you not know what you're doing? We are not fighting against one another. We are not, unless you are calling her out for something that she has taught that has not been biblically sound, what are you doing? We are on the same team. We are all trying to bring the Lord to the different places in the world and to people so that they can accept him. And live for him. We're trying to we're trying to save the same people that you're trying to help save from the eternal pits of hell, okay? From the eternal fire. We are all firefighters, okay? Man or woman, it doesn't matter. You a man has got something to offer that I don't, but I also, as a woman, have something to offer that they don't. Multiple times throughout the scripture, God has He never says that he is just a man. It says that God is neither man nor female. He is male nor female. Paul, I'm not sure exactly where. I, like I said, I wasn't planning on, on preaching or, or preaching. Huh? Not preaching. Speaking on this. But it's just, I, I started doing some research. I was going to look up some more um, just scripture references and, and different uh, studies on the daily bread prayer. And I'm telling you, what God had pop up, it was just too good to just ignore. And I said, okay, Lord, clearly that's what you're wanting me to to, pre- to, to speak on. Um, I don't know why I keep trying to say preach. I've, I never say I'm preaching, never. But six women who have changed the world, y'all. Bertha Smith, okay, she was a, a, a missionary in China. Okay, she has brought so many men and women to the Bible, okay, and and where Jesus has touched them, okay. Um, another woman is Darlene Rose. I mean, she was in the Japanese prison camps, y'all. And mind you, she was in her early 20s when she was in these Japanese prison camps back in World War II. And y'all, if she followed what everybody or what all these men are saying, and I say all these men, all the, the men who are just so completely against a woman speaking or teaching anyone about the gospel. Y'all, she was summoned to her, um, the camp commander or whatever, of the prisoner of war prison camp that she was in, okay? He was, now he was a hard and brutal man, okay? He had beaten a male prisoner of war to death in another camp. He was standing behind the desk. He called her in. And this is the conversation that took place. And he says her name. I, I, I can't pronounce it. But uh, he, he changed her name. He said he called her something else. But he said, I want to talk with you. He began, this is war. And she said, yes, Mr. Uh, Yamaji. I, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. I understand that. What you heard today, women in Japan have heard. That's what he's saying to her. What you have heard today, women in Japan have heard. And she says, yes, sir, I understand that too. And he says to her, you are very young. Someday the war will be over and you can go back to America. You can go back to dancing. You can go to the theater. 
You can marry again because her husband had died in, in, in the camps. You can go to the theater. You can marry again. You can forget these awful days. You have been a great help to the other women in the camp. I ask of you, don't lose your smile. Now, this is a man who does not know the Lord, okay? And the way, what he's saying to her, he says, you know, don't stay here. The war is over. Go back home. Get comfortable. Go dancing. Go to the theater. Forget all these awful days. And she says, Mr. Yamaji, may I have permission to talk to you? He nodded and sat down. Then he motioned for her to take the other chair. She says, I don't sorrow like people who have no hope. I want to tell you about someone of whom you may have never heard. I learned about him when I was a girl in Sunday school back in Boone, Iowa in America. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. He died for you, Mr. Yamaji, and he puts love in our hearts, even for those who are our enemies. That's why I don't hate you, Mr. Yamaji. Maybe God brought me to this place and time to tell you he loves you. Following the end of World War II, the prison camp commander, Mr. Yamaji, where Darling was imprisoned, was tried and sentenced to be executed for the beating of, of, of that other prisoner that he beat to death. But then he got um, a lesser charge, and then he got a lesser charge, and then eventually he got set free. But many years later, she actually learns from a friend that Mr. Yamaji had been heard on Japanese radio, and he was heard sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Japanese people, testifying to his cruelty in World War II, but also bearing witness that he was now a different man because of Christ. The very Christ that a woman brought to him. I don't know all the answers. I am not a... I, and nobody on this earth does. No one can know the totality of the scriptures. Because we are finite. And the Bible is infinite. Okay? Our minds cannot wrap around and grasp what all God has put. That's why, I, I mean, I read the Bible every day, y'all. And it never fails. I can read a scripture last year and it reads differently and means differently and applies to my life differently today than it did a year ago. Because it's always changing. I mean, it's, it is it is always relevant to what is going on in our life. It is never irrelevant. But y'all, like I, I said before, I'm going through and I'm studying because I want to know for sure, is it okay for me to speak? And God has told me over and over again, but is it okay for me to speak to men? And y'all, there's just too, there's too much evidence of where women have spoke to men and proclaimed the gospel and it has changed lives and it has spread like wildfire because one woman said something about Jesus. And I'm going through and I'm studying scripture and I'm writing down and I started in Genesis. I'm just now in Exodus, but I'm writing down every time I see a woman word, whether it be daughter, sister, uh, mother, wife, any of it. I'm writing it down so that I can see exactly what God thinks of woman and female. But one thing I did notice here recently is that when I was going through it, and mind you, I've only made it to Exodus, but the very first 
person who obeyed God when it was the delivering of the Israelites out of Egyptian, out of, out of Egyptian, out of Egypt, from Egyptian captivity, it was actually a woman. It was Jochebed, Moses' mother. She, or no, I take that back. It was even before that. It was the midwives, the midwife, the, the Israelite midwives. They refused to obey the Pharaoh's decree of murdering the male babies. They wouldn't do it. And then later after that, it was the, then after that, it was Jochebed, Moses' mother. And then after that, it was Pharaoh, Pharaoh's very own daughter, who picks the baby up, picks little baby Moses up out of the bulwash. Then after that, it was his sister Miriam who says, hey, let me go get you a nurse. I mean, and it's, it just, it never failed. It was always looking through it and, and seeing it. And even now, I, looking at, um, at, at Mary, who was a woman, a young woman, and she says, yes, Lord, your will be done. You know, she obeyed. And I mean, there, and I, y'all, I'm totally shooting this off my hip. I don't have any notes. But there's so many women in the scripture the very first woman who go, or the very first person, I don't want to give it away just yet, but the very first person who goes and proclaims that Jesus Christ is risen, that the grave is empty, was a woman. I don't know. I just, I can't justify it in my mind why God would use women and say and put them in places in Scripture if we're just meant to sit silent. Not all of us are called to go and, and, and stand on a stage and, and, and proclaim the gospel to thousands of people. Not all of us are called to lead a small group with 10 people. Okay? Not all of us are called to do that. I understand that. But we have a calling. Every human being has a calling to proclaim the gospel. Jesus died not just for the man, but for the woman also. I'm not trying, you can ask my husband, I, I'm not trying to be the head of the house, okay? I, I, I try to respect my husband and obey his authority, but I mean, come on now, I am a southern girl, I ain't gonna lie, I, I catch an attitude every now and then, <laughs> and he has to, God has to get, you know, he kind of snaps his finger and gets me back in line, but for the most part, I respect my husband, and I submit to my husband, and I love my husband, and if my husband was to come to me and say, Stephanie, you know what? I don't think you are supposed to do that. You need to just step down. I would have a hard time submitting and obeying to that because I know what God has put in my heart. I, but I, I think, I pray it never comes to that because my husband is very supportive. But if it did come to that, I mean, it would take prayer. I would have to really, really bask in prayer I honestly don't think that my husband would tell me to step down because of the fact that I'm a woman I think more 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 so he would tell me to step down because I've spread myself too thin trying to be a mother and a wife and a teacher and a speaker and just trying to do all the things because I'm kind of guilty of doing that but if there's any woman out there that's saying, I cannot write about Jesus Christ. I cannot speak or witness to anyone about Jesus Christ. If I, I do not have a place at the king's table, let me just tell you, you, sweetie, you are loved and you are worthy. Okay? When God created Adam, when God created the earth and created Adam, he said it was not good for man to be alone. 
Now, he had looked at everything else and said, it is good. It is good. But he looked at Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And then he created woman. He did not take, her, take woman from a bone in the foot to be trod upon or a piece of the skull to be head over. But he took it from the rib to be beside, okay, to be beside. This is going to be short and sweet. And to the point, just to say, women, you are valued. God absolutely loves you and wants you to proclaim his gospel. If you say, well, I don't know how he wants me to proclaim it. Sweetie, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you, I know somebody who's wanting to tell you. Okay? And all you need to do is bow your head and go before him with a humble heart, a broken and contrite heart, Really, honestly, truthfully seeking his will and not your own. Don't go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, this is what I want you to say to me. That's not it. What does God want you to do? And he will show you, okay? He's not going to lead you astray. God is a good, good father, okay? He is a good father. And he loves us so very much. He He cherishes his little girls, okay? We are his. We are his little princesses. He doesn't want to lock us up in a house somewhere, never to proclaim the gospel. But if you are in that place where you are being, you are in a house, and that is where you feel like proclaim the gospel. There is not one place that is more important than another when it comes to proclaiming the gospel. And let me say that again: there is not one place that is more important and more favored by God. To proclaim the gospel than another place. There's not. Because in his eyes, it's proclaiming the gospel. Period. It doesn't matter if you're standing on stage with 10,000 people looking up at you. Or if you're in a house with a 10-year-old. Or if you're in a house with a 10-month-old. It does not matter. Proclaim the gospel. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it to the glory of God. Be the Jesus that people see. Okay? Not everybody is going to turn and read their Bible. Be the Jesus. If there is a man that is saying to you and cutting you down, telling you how you have no right and they're being ugly to you, you know what? Jesus was persecuted too, sweetie. Don't don't give in to what Satan so very much wants us to do, which is to, to try to defend ourselves. You don't have to defend yourself, sweetie. Jesus is going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. It is not anything for you to have to defend when that day comes. But I will say this. I do pray, and I ask you to pray, for God to move in your heart to love that brother or love that sister. Because there's some women out there that, that, that say we, have, we should not even ask questions in the church. But I want you to pray that you will love them as God loves them, okay? Be merciful as Christ has been merciful to you. Be patient as Christ has been patient with you. They don't know. They don't know. You know. You know what God has told you. You know what you've experienced. You know what God has revealed to you in his word and in your prayer time. Nobody can take that from you. Okay? Nobody. Nobody's opinion can take that from you. But I do, I do just ask, please seek him and his will and his ways with all diligence. Okay? And I'm just so glad to be back at it and back on again. And I cannot wait for next week's message. Um, I, I'm going to have a very dear friend 
come on and uh, co-air co with me um, or co-speak, and y'all are going to really enjoy it. Y'all are really going to enjoy it. So until next time, ladies. All right, ladies. See y'all back next week for more comforting and convicting truths. If you haven't, go over to Facebook and give Confiding Confidently a like and a follow for never-before-seen memes and articles. If anything inspires or encourages, comforts or convicts you, share it. Love y'all. Until next time. <laughs>